Hey everyone, this is Tom Singer. Before we get started with today's episode, I want to inform you about a special offer that I have to join a brand new group called My Sales Call. If you work for a small business or if you're a solopreneur, having some people to talk about ideas and best practices and to have a focus and accountability around sales is so important. It's so easy to get caught up in the busy work that we don't do what we need to do to drive the sales in our business. So I have started a weekly call where people can get together and share ideas around sales and then make a commitment to the group of what they're going to accomplish for the next week. It's just like if you work for a big company, your sales manager would have a weekly sales call. This is your sales call. Go to mysalescall.com to find out more and sign up today. Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hey, hey, and welcome to episode number 540 of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Oh my gosh, we have been doing this show for five and a half years, and I am so happy I started this show. I'm thoroughly just over the top as I look at the opportunities that this podcast has opened up for me. It's unreal. And what's amazing is, is how many people kind of rolled their eyes at me in 2014 when I said, I'm going to start a podcast because we all know that the hockey stick of podcasting happened somewhere around 2013, 2014. I was certainly not ahead of the curve and it was right as it started to take off and people sort of looked at me and said, yeah, whatever. Sure you are, Tom. And now we are up to 540 episodes, five and a half years. It's become an integral part of my business. Uh, It has led to me speaking for some really amazing companies because some of their people found me by listening. Uh, One person earlier or late last year, I spoke at a sales conference and the way I was found was his sales manager said, we're going to bring in an outside speaker. Does anybody have anyone they know or something they want to hear? And one of the people on the team said, hey, I listened to this podcast. Let's talk to this guy. Uh, So that's awesome. I also host another podcast called the Digital Enterprise Society Podcast. Uh, That is for an association who I have a long-term relationship with. They're the most amazing people. And I did a little free consulting with them as they were starting the concept of their own podcast. And they came to me and said, would you be our co-host? So I co-host that show uh, with a technologist from their specific area of PLM software and things called the Digital Enterprise. And we have a great time. We get to banter a little bit. He talks technology and I talk career success. Uh, And I keep meeting more people. I get emails from people who listen to the show just because they want to say thanks. Keep the episodes coming. So thank you for being part, all of you, for being part of the cool things entrepreneurs do community. Or as I like to say it, for pulling your chair up to the cool kids table. Hey, today I want to talk a little bit about what's going on around the world. Uh, I just recently spent the weekend at the National Speakers Association Winter Conference. And yes, the National Speakers Association is proof that there is a trade association for everybody. Uh, NSA has been around over 40 years. There's a couple thousand members who make their living as professional speakers. And what does that mean? It means anyone who uses the spoken word to earn their income. So that is speakers and trainers and facilitators. Yeah, there's some podcasters who've joined the group. It is an eclectic group of really good souls who are really looking for ways to use their knowledge and their thought leadership and their ideas through the spoken word to really impact other people all over the world. And the topic of the conference was sales, getting more business, how to position yourself. However, 
because this took place just a couple of days ago, an underlying topic that came up from the speakers on the stage and certainly in the conversations in the hallways was everything that's going around with the scare around the coronavirus. So if you think about the world of meetings, we are bringing large numbers of people, sometimes 5, 10, 25, 50, but sometimes 5,000 or 50,000 people into one place for a meeting that could be like a petri dish if there's a pandemic and so already even though the the this situation has not gotten out of hand and i don't think anyone should be panicking quite yet about this but we need to be concerned there is certainly a lot of media attention on this and the best doctors around the world are actually trying to look at what's going on uh it is a serious virus uh it's not the most serious thing the 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 death rate seems to be in that two to three percent rate which is high uh but it's a serious concern. And so in the meetings industry, a lot of speakers were concerned because some events are starting to be canceled and we make our living by speaking at events. And if somebody cancels their event, that may or may not mean that the speaker doesn't get paid. And so there was a lot of attention on what do we do? How do we handle it? What's going on? But I consider myself more than a professional speaker. I'm an event professional. I am part of what makes a conference exceptional. I work very closely with meeting planners and the committees who put on conferences to make sure that we're engaging their people and giving them information and allowing them to connect and be connected to the organization that's putting on the event. So it's more than just giving a speech and leaving in the way I look at the role that a speaker holds in an event. But it's not just speakers who are infected by in, in, impacted by canceled events. It's everybody in the meetings industry. And just to, to name a few, you've got obviously associations who are a big part of the meetings world because they put on annual meetings and, and, and other types of things. You have companies who host meetings for their employees and meetings for their customers. There's a lot of users groups up there out there that make up this whole world of meetings. Uh, so the, the meeting planner and the company itself is directly affected because if you plan an event, you've put your money down long in advance for the hotel and the food and everything else. If you cancel the event, much of that's not going to be refunded. So the meeting planner and the organization they work for can be seriously impacted. But then this is the thing most people don't think about. They think, oh, meetings, whatever. They don't realize how many vendors it takes to put on a conference. To <laughs> My phone just beeped at me. Um, it takes a lot to put on a conference like that. And so here's one of the things we don't think about. What about all the people who work at convention centers, in hotels, in restaurants and bars, they're directly impacted. You look at an event like South by Southwest that is about to come to Austin, Texas. That two-week event brings about 70,000 people from all over the globe into Austin, Texas. And locally, there's a lot of residents who are really concerned about that. There are residents who are, who are circulating petitions. As of yesterday morning, I didn't look again today, there was something like 16,000 people locally who had signed a petition saying to the city, cancel this event because you're bringing people from all over the globe into our community. And if that happens... The people who work in restaurants and bars, people who drive for Uber, people who work for the taxi companies, the bus companies, uh, all of the venues where all of the parties take place, uh, the caterers who, who get involved. I mean, if you start really uh, the, the DJs, all the people who do work to make an event spectacular, the average person never even notices it. Most of you will go to a conference and be like, wow, I had a great experience, but you won't realize that there were probably something like 50 different vendors who came and brought their talent, their services to make that whole thing pop and be a wow. And a lot of these people are hourly workers 
and all of a sudden they're being furloughed. They're not having people come in. They're not getting their salary. They're not getting tips. This is a huge economic impact on the world if people can't travel and attend live meetings. Now, 10 years ago, there was a lot of attention paid to the fact that the meetings industry could just die away because about 10 years ago is when streaming started to become popular. You could live stream, you had YouTube. Why in the world would anybody ever want to sit in a ballroom and listen to a speaker on the stage talk to them when you could do it in small snippets via your phone? Well, those predictions didn't come true. 2019 was the biggest year ever in the world of live meetings, both for associations, corporations, and others. And 2018 previously and 17 before that were the biggest years for live meetings. And 2020 was predicted that it was going to be over the top. However, now we have this, and it's the reality of doing business. I'm an entrepreneur. As many of you who listen to the show have a business, you might be impacted, even if you're not working anywhere in or around the meetings business. So you have different concerns and different issues than I do. All of us could easily be impacted by this if the current situation continues to grow and if this becomes really an international problem. Now, I'm looking at this and I'm talking with my friends when I was at this conference this weekend and some people were scared. There's some of them were scared about what if I lose events, I have to pay my, my mortgage and things like that. Other people were worried about getting on planes. They were concerned for their own health. You know, that we get on planes as speakers, you're trapped for two hours, five hours, six hours. I'm, I'm flying to Hawaii later uh, to go and speak at an event. And you, you're kind of at the whim of who's sitting next to you. Are they coughing up a lung? And are they, you know, infected with, even if it's not coronavirus, do they have the flu? Do they have a cold? Do they have something else that's out there? So there's a lot of concern for people who travel, you know, that they, they themselves don't want to get ill. Uh, granted, right now, it looks like the people who are mostly, you know, not surviving the coronavirus are the elderly and people with other uh, underlying health conditions. But I'm not a doctor. I don't know what that means. It's awfully early. We've only had a handful of people when you look at the population, you know, of our country and our world who have yet to to fight this disease. So there's there's a lot of unknowns that are going on with this. And so I just wanted to talk about that, uh, this on this episode, because I am really trying to take a positive attitude as I go into it. Now, I'm paying very close attention to what the World Health Organization and the CDC are saying, and I'm paying a lot of attention to the people who work in and around the meetings business. I have some clients who are really concerned about what's going to happen in the next couple of months for their events, and I've started a dialogue with them so that we can make sure we come up with great ideas. Because in some aspects, the, the event might go on, but... People may not be able to come or all the people may not be able to come. My sister-in-law works for an insurance company and her company has locked down travel for all of their employees. So they can't attend conferences. If they were planning to go to something in their field, that's been canceled. They all have to work from home. They don't want people out in crowds. They're encouraging them not to go out on their personal time just to keep them safe and to make sure that the productivity of the company isn't whacked because everybody gets gets ill. So they're trying to put into to uh to play some precautions, which is probably smart. But, you know, if you had a lot of people from companies like that coming to your conference, suddenly you have half as many people there live. So I've been brainstorming ideas with a client. I'm not even speaking at her event this year. She just called me because we've kept in touch and she knows that I speak at 30 to 50 events a year and that I pay a lot of attention to what is happening that makes events engaging and fun. And she called me and said, what do I do if I lose half my people or if I have to cancel the event in general? 
So we spent some time talking and we emailed back and forth and we came up with an idea that I think is a really interesting idea. And I'm going to share it with everybody. I'm putting it out there. This is not Tom's idea. Uh, I'm putting it out there for anybody in any industry, but this is specific to the meetings industry, but it's how do we get creative? I think creativity is a really important thing. Tomorrow I'm interviewing somebody uh, for Thursday's episode who his title is the chief creative officer of his company. And that is so awesome. I want to be the chief creative officer for a company because that's what that's what I want to be in the meetings industry. I try to think I'm creative. I try to I love it when clients call me and say, hey, can we play? Can we try a new format? I have three or four things that I do as a speaker or an MC that are a little bit different than just a talking head on the stage because of the way the client wanted to create something interactive. And I'm able to walk away with that and bring it to other clients. So this idea that we came up with was not just do like a broadcast for the people who might have to stay home if the conference goes on and a certain number of people can't come. Doing a virtual event or a, what they call a hybrid event where you're, you're streaming it. I mean, that's one thing that they can do and, and that's great. But my idea was, why not create a branded podcast for your event, whether the event happens or not? And then have someone from the company, or in her case, she's probably going to hire me if she does this, to actually interview all of the speakers. Now, I mean the keynote speakers on the main stage. I mean the association president who would give a state of the association address. I mean the CEO, the, the professional staff of the association who plans the event. And everyone from the organization, all the members who were going to do sort of breakout sessions. Interview them, and that would be close to 40 or 50 individual interviews that would need to take place. But then you could drop all of those interviews and there's two ways to do it. You could drop them all at once so that people could go through or you could drop one a week over the course of the next year or 40 weeks or however many interviews you have so that you're consistently touching the people who would have been coming to the event and you can have other branded information as sort of a pre-roll or a post-roll in that podcast interview. Now, I don't know how many people will hear this, how many people will share this idea, but if you know anyone who works in the meetings industry, this is really important. If someone has to cancel their conference and they don't have anything but maybe an email to send to attendees, they're going to lose some of that vibe. The reason live events thrive, and I said they are thriving in a world of digital connection, is people are hungry for human engagement. They're hungry for that connection. And while we can send a lot of emails the one thing that makes podcasts work is you can hear the emotion in the voice. You can hear the excitement that somebody has for what it is they're doing when they're sharing their expertise. It doesn't matter if it's a technical topic or a soft skills topic or what it is. When you listen to their voice, you get that piece of who they are. And so one of the things about this idea is it takes this world of podcasting, which is hot right now and it's out there, but it's also familiar. Over half of the people in the United States claim that they've listened to podcasts. And over a third say they listen regularly. And I, I pulled those that, that stats from something I heard recently. So I don't know if it's exactly that. But as you know, because you're listening to this, a lot of people listen to podcasts. So you take the podcasting world and you take the meetings world and you've got meetings being canceled and you can't put everybody in the same room. How can we share this information? How can we share community? How can we share that enthusiasm with people and bring them together? And I thought this would be a great way to do it. Now, you can't just tape their speeches and drop them as podcasts. Well, you could. 
However, that's not really that engaging for the podcast listening audience. So that's why I took this idea of get a host who can interview them and get them to go deeper and share and pull out that information so that the person listening at home really feels connected to that event that they couldn't attend or the event that didn't happen. So I think that's a really important thing uh, for people in the meetings industry. And I've tried to reach out to other clients after I brainstormed this with, with this one past client. I tried to reach out to several and just say, hey, here's an idea for you in case you're worried. And I wasn't selling them something. I'm not going to necessarily be the person who produces their podcast although I can help. Uh, and I'm not going to necessarily be the person who they hire to interview because a lot of them won't have the budget to hire somebody. 50 interviews, that's going to be a lot of time. So it might have to be somebody from their staff. But if they don't have anyone on staff who's capable of actually conducting the interviews, then they've got to go out and find some professional talent. And obviously, you know, I would love to do that. And if it's an association I've worked with before, I will obviously do it for them at a fair rate. But that's not the point of this. The point is it's finding these ideas and sharing them. No matter what business you're in, if you're impacted by this, and, and I argue if, if it continues to grow, all of us could be impacted in some way, then you have to be looking for creative ways that you can continue to serve your customers. You have to look for a way that you continue to be that thought leader in whatever industry that you're in. So that was kind of what I wanted to share today was, was find ways to link things together. The answer for all of you isn't, hey, start a podcast. Let's put on a show. For some of you, it's going to be a different thing, but, but what can you do to make sure that you're staying relevant if people can't directly do business with you the way they've done business with you in the past? And if we're not thinking about it now and things get out of hand, then all of a sudden we're going to be playing catch up. So I think that's the smart thing in any crisis that we face. Anytime that you're facing a crisis in your business, and sometimes it could be a national crisis or a global crisis, sometimes it could be an industry crisis, or sometimes it could just be something that's happening in your sphere of influence that causes a real crisis. You've got to get creative if you want to get your way out of it. Some of you know that I struggled a little bit with my business for the last couple of years. It wasn't horrible, but it didn't grow. And it really got inside my head and I felt bad and I sort of buried my head in the sand. And all of a sudden I realized that's not what I would teach a client. And so I started putting into effect sort of my own advice. And all of a sudden things are turning around and things are spiraling in the right direction. And that's what you really want. Now, if you are alive and you have an email address, you know that in the past 72 hours, you have probably received about 400 emails from people with the title coronavirus. Now, some of these people are really going out of their way to share information. Some of them are really going out of their way to capitalize on this. And I'm not going to be critical. We live in a capitalist uh, uh, world. But I do think it's important that if we're talking about the coronavirus and we are not medical professionals, I am not a medical professional, that we are trying to add some sort of value. And I got two emails in the last 24 hours that I thought were absolutely awesome. And I wanted to share with you who they're from. So one came this morning and it came from a company called Big Speak. And Big Speak is a speakers bureau. Now, for those of you who don't know what a speakers bureau is, a speakers bureau is a company who works with associations and companies who are looking for amazing speakers who do wow type things on the stage. Uh, I work with several speakers bureaus. It's how I get found often by clients so that I can be that keynote speaker or that master of ceremonies for their event. However, I don't really work that closely with Big Speak. I've met them. 
I don't think they've ever booked me. Uh, I like all their people. They're they're really entrepreneurial. Um, I met uh, not their founder, but one of their leaders a couple of years ago, and I wanted to have him on the show because uh, he was really interesting, although he was, I think, having a baby like the next week. So we never got this scheduled. However, I like the people there and I'm on their mailing list because I'm on their website and they sent out an email that I thought was really important. And it was just said, hey, this is just a quick follow-up. They sent something else and they wanted to share their view that for speakers and people who work in the meetings industry, for right now, we need to monitor it, but we need to keep calm and carry on. And they said they wanted to add on that we need to stay current on what's happening and we need to be prudent in the choices that we made. And basically what that's saying is, is let's not put the cart before the horse. Let's make sure that we're doing things right. And they pointed out that our, our industry, the speaking industry and the meetings industry, we've lived through other things in the past. There's been swine flu. There's been Zika. There was SARS. And they said, look, we've survived that. We're going to survive this. And then they said, look, if you're presenting at an, at an upcoming event, there's a couple things that you can probably do to make sure that you stay healthy. And they gave a couple little pieces of advice. And I thought they were actually really great. They said, look. If you're the speaker at an event, we all know that people come up to you and say, hey, you know, how you doing? Oh, great speech, etc." And they said, maybe you don't shake hands with everybody at a 500 person event or, or larger or smaller even. Maybe you just do sort of that little elbow bump or the little wave uh, in that case, just to make sure that they hadn't just rubbed their mouth when they shake, their, shake your hand and then you're going to touch your eye and boom, that's the way people get infected most of the time. They also suggested that, hey, carry an, ac- an alcohol-based hand sanitizer with you and make sure that you have it with you while you're at the conference so that if you're touching things or people that, you know, you're doing that and that you wash your hands frequently. I also uh, received some word from a friend of mine who is a professional speaker and a medical doctor, uh, Dr. Debbie Gilboa. She sent out a thing a week or two ago to a group of speakers that said, hey, remember, the number one thing you can do is you can wash your hands with soap and water. And everybody's been saying, make sure you wash your hands for 20 seconds. One of the biggest mistakes people make is they stick their hands under the water and go whoosh and they think they're done. For 20 seconds. I've heard that if you sing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star or you sing Happy Birthday, In your head, if you're standing in the men's room or the ladies room, you probably don't want to be looking in the mirror going, happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you as you wash your hands. But but you get the point that that 20 second or more hand washing with soap, I think Debbie even said that warm water preferred. But even if like you're in a hotel or an airport where you don't have a knob and the water is still cold, the soap, the 20 seconds, it's still a very good thing that you do. And then one of the other suggestions that came in the email from Big Speak was, you know, make sure that you have travel insurance and that this is covered. And they said that, look, a lot of airlines, if, if travel get, conference gets canceled, a lot of airlines have announced that as of Monday, they're going to be waiving the fees. So cheers to the airlines who are stepping up, helping people who are facing things around this virus. So I really liked that email from Big Speak because it wasn't alarmist. It wasn't, uh, hey, look at me. We're, you know, we're a speakers bureau. It was, hey, we're part of a community. I want to share this idea. And then the other email came, it was forwarded by another speaker, and it came from a doctor, uh, actually, and his name was Dr. James Robb. I don't know anything about Dr. James Robb. I don't know if he's a good doctor. I don't know anything about him, but he sent out a thing to people that I thought I thought it was really good. He, he pointed out what his credentials were. He definitely had worked uh, and done research in the area of infectious diseases, and he wanted to share kind of some of the things that, that he did and he thought that people should do. So I'm going to share his because, again, like I said, it was forwarded to a list by another speaker, but I thought it was really good for people who are interacting with the public who don't want to panic, but there's still things that you need to do. 
So he said, hey, don't shake hands. You know, this is probably a time that we can all put aside that strong handshake. I know uh, I teach networking skills. I know that we teach people to have a good, solid handshake, not a wimpy one. Now is probably a time to have no handshake just until this passes. Second thing that, that Dr. Rob said was to make sure that you only touch lightly with maybe a knuckle, not your fingertip. The elevator buttons, switches, and if you have to open a door to do so, if you can, without using your hand. Obviously, if it's a regular doorknob, there's not a lot of ways you're going to be able to open that. But if it's a door that you have to push, use your shoulder or whatever. If you're opening that door, keep your fist closed, whatever you can do to not be picking up all of the germs that could be on that place. His other tip was have disinfectant wipes with you so that you can take care of uh, things like grocery carts or um, we get on the airplane. I actually packed, I'm about to leave on a trip. I packed some disinfectant wipes with me because who knows who sat in that seat right before I did. So the tray and the, uh, the armrests near you, it's probably a good idea just to wipe them down for a little, if nothing else, for peace of mind. Uh, he again talked about the washing your hands for 20 seconds with, with soap and water. Uh, keep and keeping the sanitizer nearby so that you can do what you have to do. And then he said, look, if you're going to have to sneeze, if you're the one who's infected, try to sneeze into something like a tissue or a disposable uh, napkin or something like that. Now, he didn't have this in his thing, but I did hear uh, from other people that wearing a mask is more important if you're the one who's sick. Uh, versus uh, if you're the one catching it. Because the way you're going to pick this up is you get something on your hand and then you touch your nose or your mouth or your eye and it's like just you're putting a missile of a virus right into you. So anyway, he went on to talk about some other stuff. But again, I like this idea of people providing value and not causing panic. So I think that if you have a business, what value can you provide? Don't just send out an email that says, hey, coronavirus, unless you have some sort of value that you can add to this discussion. So that's all I want to talk about. I really wanted to share that idea for the meetings world about, hey, our meeting is canceled. You know, let's find a way. And another way is you could you could do your whole conference virtually. And if you're going to do it virtually, you definitely want to have some sort of a host who has energy and experience in hosting uh, remote broadcasts on that. But there's a lot of people out there who can do that. Um, obviously, I can do it. But again, this isn't a commercial. This is this is a discussion. I like the idea of people who look for solutions and are open to share them. And so I would love it if you follow this podcast. I would love it if you send me an email or a tweet or somehow reach out and tell me ideas that you have for your industry. And I'll post them. I'll share them on LinkedIn or I'll share them on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, if you'll reach out and tell me what your, your group is doing to add value to people who are worried about this in this crisis, because this is where entrepreneurs shine. Entrepreneurs shine when they're facing a problem. Entrepreneurs, by nature, are problem solvers. It's what they do. And so I thought, you know, here on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do, I want to have this discussion. I want to talk about what are you doing in the face of what could blow over or could be a really bad thing. You got to be preparing. And I imagine if you have that entrepreneurial spirit and you're listening to this podcast all the way to the end here, I imagine you have already come up with a bunch of ideas for your company, your employees, your customers, etc., and your community. And that's what I think we need to be doing. So anyway, thanks for tuning in. Let me thank the sponsor of this episode. This episode, like all of them, is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you're going to sound amazing 
So if you want to start a podcast, and I know that some of you do, and some of you might need to, if you're facing something where you have to make some changes and you need to be able to communicate with people, the podcast is a accepted, easy way. Right on all of our phones, we have podcast apps. It's a great way to reach people. Just go over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. Hey, and thank you so much for being a listener of this show. I'll tell you what, as I said earlier, it's been one of the greatest things that I've done in the last five years. Uh, It's given me so many opportunities. I want to share those with all of you. So please reach out to me. Let's make this a community. I have a Facebook page, Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. I've got a Twitter account, at Cool Podcast, because it's a cool podcast. And you can always find me, Tom Singer, on LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, kind of all the socials, Instagram. I'm out there. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this show. 541 episodes. How did that happen? I don't know, but 541 airs on Thursday and it's a great episode. It's one of my episodes that is co-produced with the Austin Technology Council. So you don't want to miss out. You want to make sure that as soon as you're done listening to this episode, you go back and listen to the next one and you can go backwards. There's 539 behind it. Hey, we're going to be back in a couple of days. But in the meantime, take care. Don't panic. Take precautions. Be safe, stay healthy. Oh, one more thing. Take care of your immune system. A little vitamin C, get a lot of sleep, stop drinking alcohol, exercise, eat good food, all of that stuff. Meditate, keep that immune system good because if you need it, you're going to want it. Uh, But we're going to see you in a couple days. But in the meantime, explore your entrepreneurial spirit. Make sure your ladder's against the right wall. And while you're out there, have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.